This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you are listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today, we have a returning guest, Mike, from Modern Hire, and we're going to be talking today about the findings from the fourth annual Hiring Trends Report. Can't wait to get into the report, most importantly, the findings, and uh, what all Mike learned uh, in, this, in, in, in this report. So, Without any further ado, Mike, would you introduce both yourself and Modern Hire? Absolutely. Thanks, William, and thanks for having me back. Uh, glad sure. to be here. Yeah, Mike Hootie, and I'm the Chief Science Officer at Modern Hire and uh, lead a team of uh, 40 industrial organizational psychologists and data scientists um, in doing all the fun science stuff at Modern Hire, all the, the, uh, the innovation. And uh, in terms of Modern Hire, we are in the talent acquisition space and, and uh, more specifically, we're a talent intelligence platform um, that offers uh, screening assessment and digital interview solutions to our clients. You'll focus uh, mainly uh, on the pre-hire side? Yes, yeah. mainly on the pre-hire side. That's right. I could see you getting sucked into internal mobility as well, just to you know, down the road. Yeah, we've already been uh, toe in the water there for sure yeah. um, in that uh, it's a space that could use science like ours. Um, and it's, yeah, it's an area that uh, organizations are taking, taking increased interest in. And I think some of that kind of directly, indirectly ties to some of the trends well, that I'll let's, share today. <clears throat> dramatic foreshadowing. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, you know, whenever you do a trends report, you've, you've done a bunch of these through your life. So, you know, whenever you, whenever you start off, it's, it's like you go back to eighth grade and it's a scientific theory. You start off with kind of like, okay, Here's here's the thesis. Here's the hypothesis. Here's what we think is going to play out. And you go through all the questions and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, pretty good idea. Then you cast it out. You get the data back. You're like, huh. <laughs> some things are validated. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we knew that was going to be yes. And then some of it, you comes back. You're like, is the data right? <laughs> Did someone actually, is the data sure? Are we sure this is accurate? So like, what are, when you looked at the findings initially, and even even now, when you look at the findings, like what are some of the things that when you look at, it, you're like, yeah, yeah, that's table stakes. That's yep, that totally makes sense. Tracks where we are right now, especially based on the first three. Uh, and what are some of the things that kind of shocked you? Um, I guess you know the the way that we did it is um, you know we we had our kind of own little petri dish with our clients as they were doing experiments and shifting during this incredible time of change in 2020 and then into 2020, 21. So we were basically learning from our clients and understanding like the, the challenges that they were bringing to us. And that was really the, the um, in terms of the data that we used to put the trend report together, it was basically doing real live oh, that's uh, cool. test and learn experiments with our clients and, and hearing from them on the way, you know, sometimes modern hire wasn't even involved and we're hearing about ways that they're trying to solve these new um, talent challenges and specifically with us uh, hiring challenges in this environment. Well, let's jump into some of those hiring challenges. 
what what did uh, what have you what did you learn from your clients? Yeah, so you know, a big one that where I'll start is just you know, there's there's really been a shift, and it's and the shift is um, escalating. The speed with which it's happening is 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 happening faster and faster. Is just a is a different way of thinking about talent than we have and our clients have for a long time. And what a trend that we're calling thinking more talent agile, talent agility versus talent rigidity. And it's just a completely different way of thinking about the way your jobs and the talent inside of your organization. And, you know, in our case, outside of our organization, outside of their organization and trying to, to marry that talent up with jobs. So, you know, we've, we've lived in, and as long as we can all remember kind of a requisition based world right. where we have jobs, jobs are relatively static and we kind of list out, here's the skills you need. Here's the degrees. Here's the, the experiences we're looking for. And then we go out and we try to find a match for that. Um, those days are quickly going away because a number of reasons. One is that jobs now are fluid, they're dynamic, they're changing, and they're changing faster than they ever have. And, and you know, evidence being with, you know, COVID and then post-COVID and return and back to COVID, just what's required in jobs has shifted. Right. It could shift in a matter of a week. You have a whole new set of demands that you need to do. And like example, we have a we have a retail client um, that for decades they're very successful business, and they have these sales models that are incredible. But it's all around a customer coming into their bricks and mortar stores, and they have sales associates. That's their main job, um, and those requirements are nailed down. And all of a sudden, stores all close. We still need to sell product. And we need to sell it completely differently. So right. overnight, you're now having salespeople that are networking. They're reaching out virtually. They're doing virtual demonstrations. And the skill set and what they needed completely changed. And that's a pretty dramatic example. But I think there's, that's true of, of many jobs um, in, this, in this environment. So that's, jobs are changing. Um, but then the other, the other thing at work here is just the, the labor shortage is, you know, mm-hmm. the gone are the days where you can go out and say, this is exactly what I'm looking for. And ah, here's an endless supply and I'll just keep plucking from this. They're just not out there anymore. And so, you know, so what you have now is, is more of a, you know, the, the olden days where you would have a requisition um, and you would expect a, a candidate to come to your career site and you put all your jobs out there for them. You might have hundreds of jobs and it's up to them to figure out where to go yeah. and find that job. And then they apply for that one job. You have a hundred opportunities but they're applying for one and you're evaluating, do they fit for that one? And most of them don't. And if they don't, you say, thanks, no thanks. But in the meantime, they might've been perfectly qualified for one of your other jobs. So the idea more is now supply and demand. We have all of these jobs and we have talent coming to us. We need to do a better job of matching that up, which oftentimes doesn't mean just one-to-one requisition, but help find our talent coming in um, where they might fit in these, like in the, my example, the hundred of jobs that we have to offer. So let me, let me, let me just stop you right there real quick. Cause on talent agility, as you were talking about, I was thinking about Moore's law and how <clears throat> we could apply Moore's law to talent and how talent is, in a, you know, especially talent and then the, well, the needs of talent and how fast it's changing uh, before our eyes. But with both talent and agility and labor shortage, how has that impacted you know, with, you know, with all the IO folks that you have, how has that impacted their kind of approach or 
outlook on screening and assessment? Like, how do you, how do you, you know, because, you know, they, they went to all, most of them, if not all of them have PhDs. So, you know, they went to school, they learned all these things. And, and now a lot of that stuff, they've got to reapply. They've got to, they've got to turn the dial a little bit. Just given these two trends, just yeah. talent agility and labor shortage. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I think you actually said it there is it's reapply. So it's like the fundamentals of what it takes to, to do hiring right. And the, the you know, at, at the heart of what we do is we assess an individual and then we assess a job and we marry them up. And now instead of doing it one-to-one, you just need to say, okay, now I'm not doing that one-to-one anymore. I need to scale back and think of it much more broadly. And how do I get the type of information from an individual that lets me allows me to marry them up with uh, a variety of different jobs? Right. So the fundamentals stay the same. It's just rethinking the way that we go about um, applying that. Right. One to, one to one, one to many. And exactly. Then- Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then systematically there's, there's ways to do that. So, so that when someone comes in and applies for the one, they might not get that one, but then we've looked at them against whatever open and if not even open with some of the pipeline of things that might be open uh, and needs that we might future needs that we might have. So, okay. All right. Both yeah, these trends and, track for me. Go ahead. Yeah. And along the, you know, along those lines, it's, 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 it's changing, but it's, it's also, I think it's forcing some of the things that should have changed a long time ago. Right. If you think about it, that just seems like an archaic way of thinking <laughs> that you're going to expect a person to find that one job. Like there's certain cases where, you know, I'm a marine biologist and I'm looking for a marine biology job, but most of the hiring isn't that. Um, right. So, and then everything being so, you know, so focused on experiences and skills and, and, and educational background, we've just done that because that those are the easy things to match, to write out and then, then to look at a resume and say, does this person fit? Where actually that doesn't work really well. Like our research shows that like your experience, like similar experience in a job is not a great predictor of ultimate success. So well, they've, they've been saying this in finance for years. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> if you, yeah, they don't guarantee Morgan, it. Yeah. Morgan Stanley has been saying this for years. Fidelity has been saying this for years. Right. But past I get the performance does not, right. <laughs> does not, not an indicator of future success. With, with talent agility, uh, are you seeing with your clients, are you seeing in a market uh, like potentiality? Becoming kind of unearthing kind of one, uh, talents potential, uh, you know, skills and, and experiences and things like that we can assess for uh, personality and cognitive ability and all that other stuff we can assess for. Um, but I've, it's been rumored that that a lot of hiring uh, folks are looking more at that and and adding potential potentiality to the mix. Has have yeah. you seen that as well? Yeah. Absolutely. And that's, and that's actually one of our, you know, that is one of the trends and it's the second trend and it's tied to that. It goes hand in hand with talent agility. And you made the same link there. That's what it is about. It's, it's assessing things that aren't necessarily skills, educational background. It's, it's their potential. It's also kind of their, their ability to learn and assimilate uh, new skills and competencies. And it's true for not only 
the job you're considering them for. But you know, you mentioned that right when we started talent mobility and in in thinking about talent that way too, is I'm hiring this person, uh, they're going to do this job today and this job is going to morph, but I have now an expectation that we're going to move them throughout the organization. So like if I over-index on this one specific thing for this one specific job, I'd rather look at their potential. I'd rather look at their ability to continue to learn and they become a much more um, valuable long-term asset for, for our organization. Fantastic. So it, <clears throat> I'm glad that I'm, I'm seeing some of the same stuff. Um, next trend, what, what else, uh, what else do you see? Just one more, like I was, I, uh, we did a client, we had a company kickoff just this past week and I, um, facilitated a client panel and I just heard just such a great example of, and a powerful one of this, you know, hiring for potential, not necessarily skill or requirement. And it comes from, um, a logistics company, one of the biggest logistics companies, uh, in, in the world. And, you know, that one of their, where they're feeling pain labor shortage wise is finding drivers. And the model for high, hiring drivers, of course, has been, well, first requirement is you got to have a commercial driver's license, CDL. There's not enough of them out there. Right. So out of necessity, they changed their thinking and said, we'll just hire for potential. We'll bring people in yeah, we can and train we'll them. train them. Yeah. yeah. And we'll help them get their CDL. And you know what happened? Well, yeah, it took longer for them to, to kind of be productive. But what they're seeing now is those that they trained and helped get their CDL are now staying longer with the company. So it, it, it solves another problem that all everybody's dealing with, with the great resignation is turnover, is that if you have this grow from within and I will help you grow, people, that's what gets people to stay. So there's like all of these trends kind of fit together um, in a, you know, like a puzzle to, to counteract some of these, these, um, you know, these macroeconomic conditions that we're all facing. So I, on the opposite side of potentiality, you've got folks that either don't do well with ambiguity or don't do well with change uh, or don't do deal with, uh, aren't, aren't really great with agility. And that, and I'm, that's both candidates and employees and employers, hiring managers, recruiters, all, all, everybody above. Right. So on the front end, when you're, when you're, when you're doing the pre-hire work, how do you assess how does one assess for uh, another person's ability to consume change or ambiguity? Yeah, um, it's a great question. And there's, uh, you know, there's a number of ways of doing it. And like the way that we always do things is that there's not one silver bullet right. of doing it that actually you want to get multiple pieces of data. You know, you want confirmatory evidence. So, you know, we're, we're going to come at it. Typically, we're going to come at it with kind of a multi-pronged approach is first, you know, we have, you know, kind of what we call work style questions, like what's your preferred approach. Mm. Um, and you get at that kind of change versus not, and you phrase it in a way where it's not obvious that, well, we're looking for change, um, change orientation or learning agility, but kind of, you know, do, do I prefer a, a stable environment where things stay the same versus something, you know, th- those kind of questions. So you come at it that way. You can also ask about, their work history and look for evidence of them, you know, moving around and change. You can put them into simulated scenarios and get it at that way. And then of course we offer interviewing as well. So you can get the kind of the traditional, tell me about a time, you know, kind of the competency based and pull all of those things together to kind of get a profile of the person's change orientation or learning agility or comfort, as you said, comfort with, um, 
ambiguity and, cool. and looking, you know, slotting them against roles where there is going to be change. And that's not to say if you don't have that profile, well, then you're no good to organizations anymore. They still right. have, you know, lots of jobs and they have ones where those jobs don't change very much and they might be a better fit for that type of job. And that's going back to what I said about like, you have talent, assess them, and then look at your catalog of jobs and point them in the direction where they're best suited. So talent, <clears throat> agility and labor shortage, did you see, or there, do you feel like there's correlation or, uh, you know, when you, when you look at, like, if we took away talent shortage, let's say we were in or, or uh, labor shortage, let's say we were in labor surplus, would we still be thinking about talent agility in the way that we think of it? I don't think so. I, I don't think we would have gotten there, wouldn't have gotten there at fast. Right. gotten there as fast. I think this was kind of the the match that was lit out of necessity. And right. it's a supply and demand thing. There wasn't enough, there was demand, there wasn't enough supply and I can't invent more, more some supply. So I need to rethink it. Um, and that's, you know, that's been true of a lot in these last few years in, in terms of advances that have been happened in talent acquisition is it's been problem solving under dire straits that have led to you know, breakthrough, breakthrough thinking. Now, will we go back when there's surplus? I don't, I mean, once you kind of advance, you really never kind of step back. So. And how much do you, do you think that the, the talent and Jody part, especially now, and, and let's just kind of look into the future a little bit is driven by the candidate uh, and employee, meaning they, they want to do a job for nine months and then do something different. Like, like, yeah. okay, now that, now that, now that, now that we all know that we can work from home. Okay. Now, 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 now so that cat's out of the bag. So they want to work from home that we have to be agile around that. Okay. Got that. Um, and once COVID's over, let's just say there is a point in which COVID is over. Um, then, then are, is, will they return to an office? Uh, question mark. Uh, and, and so, you know, I wonder about like you know, we were forced into the, the agility, like <laughs> at gunpoint, yeah. you know, okay, everybody's, everybody's going to be working yeah. from home on Friday. Have fun. You know, yeah, good luck with that. Uh, and, and we were all forced and, and, but that, that was the mother of invention. And a lot of these things, like you said, eloquently at the beginning, a lot of these things were already tracking. It was just going to take us 20 years to get there. Right. We, are, we, are, we, are, we had remote employees. Yeah. Like we, you know, this isn't new. It was the entire company being remote. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that was, that was actually pretty, yeah, pretty new. Fair enough. But okay. Once there's some normalcy that returns, do you think that employees and candidates that, that have grown up and grown through this, do you think that they want to go back to offices and go back to the way it was? I don't think so. The way the way that I look at it is that the the model we were operating under was an organization centric model. It wasn't a candidate or an employee centric model. Right. And what happened is with all of these conditions, what it did is it flipped the power to the individual, to the employee, and to the candidate. And so companies were forced to adapt. But candidates always wanted they you know they would say, hey, give me a give me a rat's maze that I can that I can go through and try to find that cheese at the end of the rainbow. That's my job. Yeah. I love cube farms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter which one. Yeah. They're all the same. Yeah. Give me right. Of course they would want to come like 
I mean, the process is now being set up to be candidate-centric. Hey, job seeker, please, please come to us and we'll help you find instead of like, okay, fill out this form, then do this, and then we're going to ask you to take this, and then you're going to interview, and then we're going to let you know if you're good enough. I mean, that that like no candidate wanted that. Right. Um, so I think it's always like the desire's always been there. It's just that now the the as I said, the power has shifted. Um, now, could you argue that it shifts back if it does? You know, and we've seen this. You know, there's nothing candidate scarcity versus candidate abundance. It, you know, you mentioned fidelity. I mean, the stock. We know what the stock market does. We know what the talent market's going to do. It's going to eventually flip. We don't know how long. And the question is, how much will it flip back to a organization centric versus candidate centric? Um, but I don't think the kind of the desires of the individual, like I want the flexibility to work from home. And that's actually one of our that's that's one of our trends, too, is this kind of candidate experience, employer experience is that that again, with these conditions of agility, labor shortage, all of this, that that's become you know increasingly important is to be able to, um, as, as candidates come through the process, is to be able to engage them and to be able to sell them on your organization. And selling them isn't just selling them, it's actually living those values too. So being able to, you know, that, to offer up the flexibility, the organizations that are saying, hey, we don't care where you work, you can work from home, that's a huge advantage. You have to, you have, to have that employee experience first before you can actually share that in the application process. So that's the other kind of related trend is this kind of indexing on both candidate experience as well as employee experience. How do you, with, with the trends that we've seen with this report, uh, with talent agility and labor shortage, et cetera, how, do you, how have you seen your clients kind of, uh, how has it impacted culture or the way that they kind of present and market culture? Because you know, culture was really simple pre-COVID. It was it was a box. It was a place. You went to the you went to the box, and you know there was culture. Um, and now we don't go to the box. So, like, and now you're dealing with talent agility, which you know I, I think a lot of people get get behind really easily. They understand talent shortage. I think everyone listening to the, to the podcast they're going to understand that uh, they're feeling that pain on on many levels. Yeah. Like, but how has it impacted? culture, the way that you've seen culture kind of rendered. Yeah. And it's, it's hugely important in terms of, you know, candidates, they want to know, they want to know about the culture, but you're right. How culture comes to life looks different, feels different than when we all used to come to an office and we would all get together and we, you know, we would, you know, the, the, the water cooler, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, at the heart, at the heart of culture uh, for everyone, I think, is that what they really want to know is, does this organization care for its people? What's going to be in it for me? And the way that that shows up now is different in this environment. And it's some of the things that we've talked about. It's, yeah. it's some of the, you know, it's some of the, um, um, the, the flexibility you know, the, the work from home, it's the going to an unlimited PTO to allow people to have kind of that, that work-life balance. It's, it's those things that you're seeing, um, you know, being publicized. It's the, these massive pay increases that, that you're seeing companies announce. It's those ways that they're showing up that are ways kind of with the modern candidate, kind of what they're looking for in an organization is like at the heart of it all is like, 
me as an individual, what are you going to do for me? Career, right. Um, right. Career movement, um, career pathing. That's another one. Like, okay, yeah, I'm applying for this job, but help me understand where I go next or how that works and how I'm going to grow with the organization. It's those things and those things, you know, you don't have to come out of office for those things, but those things are important. I love it. Last question really quickly. We're, we're here a year from now we're, and we're looking at the fifth annual hiring trends report. What's one thing do you think they'll be there? Well, I think, you know, one that's there now, but I think is, is, you know, when I look out a year or two, maybe it's the, you know, it's the fifth and then, and then again in the sixth is the changing landscape with artificial intelligence. I mean, that's a big part of what we're doing now, but you know, when you see the, the legislation and the bills that are coming out and the, you know, the New York city bill that was passed and that's going to start in 2023, there is going to be a movement. So, um, and, and we would argue this is a good movement. Like we've been like, for us, this is, this is like, let's make sure we're doing AI right. And it's going to take a while for these regulations to be done right. Um, but I think things are going to look a lot different um, in a good way um, in the next couple of years in terms of when, you know, it's not the wow, wow west of artificial intelligence anymore. It, it becomes more of the good practice and the, the, the scale and the speed with which we can hire and driving diversity initiatives. So much more gets opened up with AI and AI done right. And that's what I'm looking forward to as a trend in, in you know, a year or two out from now. Awesome. As always, Mike, thank you so much for carving out time for us in the audience. Absolutely. It was fun. Always glad to be here. Thanks, William. And thanks for everyone listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live Podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com.